I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in. Hello, it is your girl Stephanie, and you are now listening into Inside Beauty Inspires, where we motivate, encourage, and inspire through biblical principles. Listen, we've been talking about offense, and I'm just gonna get right into this word, okay? I would like for you guys to turn with me to Proverbs 18. Um, you know, a lot of times in life, uh, we all fall short of the glory of God. We all know this. And sometimes we are offended or have been the offender. But let's see what the Bible says about this because there is a word here for someone out here today. And I want to make sure that you get it, okay? Um, we're going to be coming from Proverbs 18 and Jeremiah. But we're going to start with Proverbs 18. It says, unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinion. Doing wrong leads to disgrace, and scandalous behavior brings contempt. Wise words are like deep waters. Wisdom flows from wise like a bubbling brook. It is not right to acquit the guilty or, or deny justice to the innocent. Fools' words... Get them into constant quarrels. They are asking for a beating. The mouth of fools are the ruin. They trap themselves with their lips. Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. The Lord, the name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. The rich think of their wealth as a strong defense. They imagine it to be a high wall of safety. Haltiness goes before destruction. Humility precedes honor. Sprouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. The human spirit can endure a sick body, but who can bear a crushed spirit? Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. Giving a gift can open doors. It gives access to important people. The first to speak in a court sounds right until cross-examination begins. Flipping a coin can end arguments. It settles disputes between powerful opponents. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure, and he receives favor from the Lord. The poor plead for mercy. The rich answer with insults. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Let's talk about it here because I was reading this. I, I stumbled upon this because we were talking about offense, The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. Beautiful read, great read. If you have not read it, please read it. You know, it opens you up to a whole new world of offense. A lot of times we're dealing with offense and not knowing that's what we're dealing with. And so um, it piqued my interest. I wanted to go and see what the Bible had to say about offense. And Proverbs 18 um, verse 19 stood out to me. 
It says an, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. But what stuck out to me was fortified city. I really wanted to know exactly what a fortified city was. So when I Googled it, um, the scripture that came up to me was Jeremiah 1, 18. Now, Jeremiah 1, 18 was like, it was, it was one of those books that I'm like, wait, wait, 1, 18, that's my birthday. Shout out to my parents <laughs> and to you, Dad, to my, to my Heavenly Father. But when I, when I went to um, Jeremiah 1, you know, everybody knows this scripture. And so I want to read it. Um, but he gave me 118. And we're going to get into 118, but I want to start in the very beginning. But before I go into Jeremiah, um, I want to read from my devotional. It says, never too far. Do you recall the first time you felt God's presence? The excitement that you felt knowing God was near you, closer than ever before. Over time, you began to feel the shift that seemed to place other things above making God your priority. That newness you once felt no longer seemed attainable. Your thoughts began to trick you into believing that nothing you do can get you back to where you used to be. May you be reminded of this truth. You are never too far to be in God's presence. The Bible says, the Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. This is 2 Chronicles 15 verse 2. No matter how far you feel from him, know that you are always welcome to draw near. God is always there when you seek after him. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's one of those uh, scriptures that all of us know about Jeremiah. Um, but when we get into the word, you know, we're going we're gonna to learn something new today. We're going to learn Jeremiah 1. There's a couple of things that we need to know about Jeremiah 1. So I'm going to start right here at Jeremiah 1 verse 4. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born. I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nation. So, yes, I am addressing the nation today. Why? Because every one of us, well, not all of us, many are called, but few are chosen. And he knew his plans that he had for you before you were even in your mother's womb. Let's continue to go. It says, the Lord announced to Jeremiah that he had appointed him a prophet to the nation like Moses before him. Jeremiah protested God's call on his people because he didn't know how to speak. But God had decided before Jeremiah was even born that he would use him in this way. For he delights in demonstrating his great power in human weaknesses. Can we say amen to that? Because, you know, your father's going to take care of you. He's going to look after you because he knows who you are. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young for you. Let's go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. When I read that, I was like, wow, God, okay, I see you. I see, you know, he was speaking to us and he's speaking to 
me in a way, because what should we be doing? Building one another up. What should we be doing? Planting or sowing the seeds of words. Whose words? His words. And the only way that you're going to know that is to get into your word. It's not a joke. That Bible has his words in it because they are the living word and they are alive. And once you start to get inside of it, he'll be inside of you. You know, that's when you find yourself is when you find him. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. It is, it's real. It's real. He does this. He, he doesn't, he's not a respecter of man. So he's going to do exactly what his word says because it will not return void. It says, happy times were not ahead for Jeremiah. When the Lord tells you, do not be afraid of anyone for I will be with you to rescue you. You know, you're on for some hard times. And if you think about that, that's true because like, okay, well, why are you telling me this, daddy? You know, like, what's up? I just don't want you to be afraid. I want you to know that I'm going to always be there with you because we're going to all go through things, but we have to know that he always has our back. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It says, nevertheless, God fortified Jeremiah and promised the prophet his divine protection. Jeremiah was going to need it, given his assigned role. The Lord, I, the Lord, have appointed you today over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and demolish, to build up and plant. Jeremiah's message was not one of complete despair and destruction. After the people had experienced 70 years of exile in Babylon, God was going to bring them back to the land and rebuild his temple. Still, it wouldn't be popular. Um, you know, the word of God isn't a popular word. Everybody's not talking about it. People do people do what they want to do and let people do what they want to do. Everybody has a choice, blessings and curses, life and death. We all get a choice at it. You know, the Bible tells us to choose life. When you get into it, you actually see that's what it says. It's in Deuteronomy, I believe. But let's keep going in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1, 11. Then the Lord said to me, look, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I replied, I see a branch from an almond tree. And the Lord said, that's right. And it means that I am watching. And I will certainly carry out all my plans. Then the Lord spoke to me again and asked, what do you see now? And I replied, I see a pot of boiling water spilling from the north. Yes, the Lord said, for terror from the north would boil out on the people of this land. Listen, I am calling the armies of the kingdom of the north to come to Jerusalem. I, the Lord, have spoken. So let's keep going here to see exactly what God is saying because, you know, he's speaking to his people, right? God gave Jeremiah two visions to confirm both his close involvement in the prophet's ministry and the basic message of that ministry. The first thing Jeremiah saw was the branch of an almond tree. The almond was one of the first trees in Israel to blossom in the spring. The Lord said he would watch over his word to accomplish it. The Hebrew's word for almond, in, almond and watch sounds, like in, sounds alike in Hebrew. Thus, God would see to it that every word he gave Jeremiah to deliver would blossom and come to pass. So, did Jeremiah have an assignment? Absolutely. Do you have an assignment? Yes, you do. Many are called. And when God gives you an assignment, you have to fulfill the assignment. We all know the story of Jonah. He tried to run. Everybody, if we can be honest, we all have tried to run. If you've been called into ministry, that was not your first go. And you probably tried to run and be like, I don't think he's talking to me. But when he's calling you, he's calling you, right? 
Let's keep going. Now, I want us to pay attention to something here that I'm paying attention to right now. It's still two. He saw two. Okay? Two visions. All right? At the end of the day, I simplify a lot of things. And I look at love and hate. I look at blessings and curses. I look at Jesus and Satan. And then I say, which side of the fence do you want to be on? Because both of the sides have fruit. Both of the sides represent two different sides, and they're both opposite of one another. And that's why it's important for us not to be offended, because when we allow offense to come in, we begin to be at war with ourselves. What are we fighting? Our spirit and our natural. The flesh is a real thing. That's why he says that, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but spirits in high places. It's imperative that we get into the word of God. It says, they will set their thrones at the gates of the city. They will attack its walls and all the other towns of Judah. I will pronounce judgment on my people for all their evil, for deserting me and burning incense to other gods. Yes, they worship idols made with their own hands. They worship idols made with their own hands. You know, he's speaking to his children. He's speaking to all of us, right? He's speaking to us about this call and about, you know, what he see. Now, we're going to go here. It says, Jeremiah saw the boiling pots and it tipped it over from the north to the south. An unmistakable picture of disaster coming upon Judah from the north when the armies of the king Nebuchadnezzar, I can't say that, (laughs) of Babylon was swooped down on Jerusalem. The accuracy of God's word is amazing. Babylon was actually east of Judah, but its armies invaded from the north following the trade routes that took travelers around the Arabian desert instead of through it. Babylon would execute God's judgment upon Judah for her adultery. Now let's keep going here. It says, get up and prepare for action. Get up and prepare for action. What do you think God is calling us to do? Wake up. He's calling us to wake up, but I'm just going to read what the scripture says. It says, get up and prepare for action. Go out and tell them everything I tell you to say. Do not be afraid of them or I will make you look foolish in front of them. For see, today I have made you strong, like a fortified city that cannot be captured, like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. You will stand against the whole land, the kings, officials, priests, and people of Judah. They will fight you, but they will fail, for I am with you, and I will take care of you. I, the Lord, has spoken. So let me go to this commentary real quick here. It says, now get ready, stand up, and tell them everything that I command you. To say, if you have bad news to deliver that people need to hear, there's no use delaying it or dancing around it. God had already warned Jeremiah of fierce opposition and persecution. But he added, I am the one who has made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land of Judah. Jeremiah would need all of these defenses for his years of ministry that lie ahead. Now, listen, when I first uh, read this, Jeremiah, I was like, okay, God, you're speaking. Because he really was. He was speaking to me. And and, and, I, and I took the message as a personal message because of what was said. You know, um, when I was looking at the offense and it said um, Jeremiah 118, that's my birthday. So, of course, I'm like, oh, 118, let's see what God is speaking. Um, God has called all of us. But, yes, he's called me to a position 
And, you know, I answered that call. Um, it wasn't easy, but, well, I don't want to say it wasn't easy. It is easy when you know who you are and whose you are. But don't think for one moment that opposition will not arise because it will, and it does. Um, I took it a little step further, and I wanted to see exactly what the word was about fortified cities, okay? So I, I Googled it. So, you know, I thought this was quite interesting. Um, the blog was How to Fortify Your Borders During a Crisis. And, um, you know, when he said that fortified, I wanted to know exactly what this looks like. What does this mean? So it has a couple examples of how to fortify your borders, okay? And so I just want to give you guys, you know, what I read because I think this is such an important message, not just for me and the ladies of ISI, but for everyone because we all need to get this in our spirit, okay? The Bible is real. Jesus is real. God is real. The Bible is a book about a king, his son, and his children, and we are his children, in order for you to know more about your father, you need to get into your word. If you don't know where to start, start in John, start in Matthew, start in the gospel. Either way, get the word in your spirit. When you seek his face, you will find him. It's not a lie. It's real. So number one, fortify the borders around your physical body. Can you feel? Can you feel it? He's circling, prowling like a lion to see whom he may devour. Who am I speaking about? The enemy. He is looking for holes. He don't care who you are, what you have, what you're doing. Child, old, young, middle age. It doesn't matter. He is looking for holes around your border. That's why you have to fortify it. You have to take inventory of the borders around your physical body. Where has the enemy taken ground in your health? Does he have you convinced that you'll always have those allergies, that you'll always or you'll never be able to lose weight? that you're certain to inherit your father's heart disease, that you'll contact COVID. He wants you to believe the lie that he gives you in your mind. You have to fortify that part of you. Your body, your health, it matters. It says don't leave even a small breach in your fence. Fortify the borders, borders around your body with these simple tools. Speak only health and healing. Don't blow a hole in your borders with your own words. Obey the natural laws, diet, exercise, stay out of stress, laugh, read healing scriptures, even when you don't think you need them. Expect to live a divine health all the days of your life. Plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your physical health regularly. Declare Psalms 91 for protection over your health every single day. Rebuke the enemy and tell him to get lost. He will. Let's go to the next one. Fortify the borders around your money. It says now that your heart, your, I'm sorry, now that your health is taken care of, let's move over to your finances. The enemy has come to your borders to steal from you and not just few pennies either. He wants it all. He is against you, against your happiness, against your ability to give to others, against your ability to live the abundant life Jesus died to provide for you. He's especially eager to break in during a crisis when your health, I'm sorry, when your faith might be challenged. Um, so what do you do to prevent thieves in the natural from stealing your goods? You lock your doors and you might have a car alarm. You protect your PIN number on your debit card. You take steps to keep the thieves away, right? So we need to do the same thing in the spiritual realm. Here are some ways that you can protect your money in the spiritual realm. Tithing. 
This is a biggie, and it's simple. Really, no tithing, no borders. Even in crisis, why do you think the devil has worked overtime to keep people convinced it's unnecessary? Don't be caught with your borders open. Tithe. Giving. How does giving money always protect your money? Easy. It keeps you in line with God's word. Obedience in major fortify. Prevents you from loving money, and it keeps you into a continual flow of sowing and reaping. Stay out of debt. Now, here's a real one. It gets sticky. You need it now. You want it now. And they have zero interest for 90 days. Cool. No, not cool. And it's a trap. When you borrow money, you're moving into a covenant with a lender, a lender who suddenly has the authority to blow holes in your walls around your finances. Best stay clear. And last but not least, speaking right words. Speaking the right words. You know, we just spoke about this in Proverbs 18. There is life and death in the power of your tongue. Can't seem to get ahead financially? Facing a financial crisis? How can we put this delicately? You need to watch your mouth. Yep, that's the ticket. Keep your words in line with God's words. It's the way to increase Keep telling the world or yourself that you'll never get ahead. And don't be surprised if you never get ahead because you're telling yourself you'll never get ahead. These words have, they have actions. I mean, they have life. There's life and death. They, they do mean something. And you can produce your life with your own words. Speak the right words. Now, fortifying the borders around your marriage. It says, don't think the enemy is content to just go after your health and money. No. He wants your marriage too. In fact, he knows how he can dismantle marriages. He can destroy families and usually pull off a full assault on their health and money at the same time. Your marriage is a treasure. It represents Christ and the church. It is a gift from God and it desires that all marriages stay together. A strong, intact family is a blessing and a witness to the world. And for so many other reasons, It keeps you happy and healthy. During a crisis, there can be a strain on your relationship. So work to fortify the borders around your marriage. It will be worth every bit of effort. Here are a few things that you can do to fortify your marriage and keep the enemy out. Stay out of strife. No matter what, you aren't always right. And even when you are, it's not worth fighting about. Share your feelings, but don't let anger or pride get the best of you. We already know what God says about pride, y'all. I mean, before pride comes destruction, we cannot be prideful. It says, put your spouse first. It's easy to think of yourself and your needs, but by turning the focus on your spouse, his or her needs, you'll foster the land, you'll foster the kind of relationship most people only dream of. Plus, you'll inspire your spouse to want to meet your needs even more. Leave and cleave. When you get married, you are joined to your spouse who now takes up the primary position over your extended family. Be sure that your spouse always comes first and that you have honored the Lord's command to leave and cleave. Guard against the intruders. If the enemy can't get in on his own, he'll try to send reinforcements in the way of temptation from the opposite sex. Guard yourself and your marriage by deciding to spend time alone with your, with, to decide not to spend time alone with the opposite sex. If anyone becomes a threat to your marriage and is causing your relationship problems, then, of course, they don't need to be around. Now, 
the most important, the most important border is your faith. You have got to fortify your faith. It's the most important of them all. Because if you fortify your faith, everything else follows. It's almost, it reminds me of the scripture that says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do you love people the way you love yourself? It says if you do that command, um, then you fulfill the law. And that's in the New Testament. It's the covenant that God made with his children through his son, those who believe. You do have a op- you do have an opportunity to believe if you believe, but it's going to be up to you. Let's talk about how to fortify your faith. The last border is the most important of them all. It can be especially challenged during a crisis. That's why when Peter had denied Jesus and would go on to face more trials, Jesus told Peter that he prayed one simple prayer for him, that your faith may not fail you. Luke 22, verse 32. Of all the borders Jesus was most concerned about, fortifying it was not was not Peter's health, finances, or relationship that topped the list. It was his faith. Now, I'm talking to all of you listeners out there about fortifying your faith. Number one, keep yourself separated from this world. Don't let the media, television, friends, or family talk you into abandoning what you know is true. We got to watch who brings a bone, who carries a bone, because You never know where it came from. And the enemy has one job, a three-part agenda. Kill, steal, and destroy. Keep the word of God going in your ears at all times. Remember, low words, level, low faith, level. Don't slip. You got to stay connected to the plug. That's the only way that you're going to be able to keep him in your heart and mind at, at all times. The Bible tells us, that those who keep their eyes, I'm sorry, those who keep their minds on him, they keep in perfect peace. Third, choose your friends wisely. Did you know people who spend time with those who are making poor choices are more likely to make those choices themselves? Who you spend your time with matters. The wise walk with the wise. Spend time with people who are full of faith and it will fortify your own faith. Last but not least, praise your father every single day. Praise God every day. When you praise God, you fortify your faith and lose his presence into your situation. And you allow him to have his way. You have to remember, Jesus is your God. He leads you to spacious places. His ways are sure. I'm praying for you, Obi. I'm praying that you all will be strengthened by his presence as as your loving shepherd. The word Psalms, um, this is Psalms 23, 1 and 2. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside quiet waters. There are no experts in the company of Jesus. We are all beginners. Amen. Peace. Coming in hot.